Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chief and Podcast. Today, me and Craig Skiff are back once again to do preview and predictions for AEW Revolution 2022. Craig, hi. We're going to have to speed run this because I just checked the card. We've got 12 matches to get through, so how are you? And what's your hype level? <laughs> I am doing great here today. I have the Revolution card up right now. And this is, without a doubt, the biggest card in terms of match quantity in AEW history. And quality when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, there are several different matches that we could very well see be match of the night once it's all over tomorrow. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, hype level for me, I, we were talking about this after Wednesday, and I was at 9.5. I'm at a 10. <laughs> I'm at a 10. I'm just like, I'm ready. Let's just go, and let's just get this over and let's just get this started um i just i think the build has really been great for a lot of the big matches on the show and that's what's really helped oh no it's it's ironic and like a wrestling company knowing how to do a good story for four months and actually doing the pay-per-view match and it actually means something imagine that also it might also help the fact that tony khan bought roh so that's another plus for me. Thank you, Tony. Um, yeah, that is that's that was a huge announcement that Tony Khan made on Wednesday night. I literally said it an hour before it, they did it as a joke. Yeah, no kidding. Little did you realize your words would actually be somewhat prophetic. I was literally crying and laughing at the same time, also <laughs> saying I was goddamn kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yeah so let's get to our first buy-in match because we've got three yeah we've got three matches on this buy-in card do you want to do the women's match because i'm i was surprised this made the to the buy-in i thought another women's match was going to be on it and so did you but you know, when you think about it, it kind of does make a little bit of sense with yeah, how this feud has gone. And the match we're speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, is Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Yeah. Reasoning for the match, Layla Hirsch turned heel around about the new year. Reasoning for it, she was annoyed that Statlander wasn't tagging her in in tag matches and stuff. Like, it was a pretty weak reasoning. But, uh, heck, they weren't doing much with Layla as a face, so turn her heel to see what she can do. And since then, she has really been one of the forefronts of the women's division in terms of being a bad guy. Um, yeah. And, and uh, this feud with Chris Statlander took on a much more personal level. Yeah. Statlander's and again, Statlander's meant to be the babyface, but she did make comments that 
Layla's parents did the right thing of leaving her up for adoption. Oh, that's not something you should say. Yeah, um, especially if you're a babyface. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I love you, Chris. You're one of my favorites, but I'm going Layla Hurst because she. Why would you have your babyface say that if they're not going to lose? Yeah, and it was, and this is not just some kayfabe stuff in here. This is kind of a real life thing with Layla Hirsch. Yeah, like she doesn't like it when her personal history is not just being out in the open, but insulted. And that's what Statlander did when she said what she said. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, uh, she's probably going to get her arm broken for it. Yeah. She has a debt that's about to be, that she's going to have to pay this Sunday, tomorrow night. And it's going to yeah. co- come in the form of getting her arm just stretched like nothing she'd ever, nothing she had experienced, as experienced before. I'm picking Layla Hirsch to win this match. Yeah. So, do you want to get the match that was announced, like, last night, out of the way? <laughs> now, let's save that one for last. Okay, on okay, this, this okay, because okay. I wanted to get to that one next, but... Okay, so our next buy-in match that we are doing is QT Marshall versus Hook. There, This could literally be talked about in only two seconds. Hook wins, end off story, move on and on. Yep, I pick Hook as well. Yeah, Kahamajane the motherfucker. Um... So now we get to the third biomatch, and I guess I understand why you wanted this last, because it's got the most story elements into it. Yeah. The six-man tag, we have the House of Black representatives of Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews going up against Penta El Zero Miedo. Or, wait a minute, no, it's not that anymore. It's he, Penta Obscuro. Penta Obscuro. Is yes. what he's known as uh, now. Pack, and I'm surpri- I'm actually surprised I'm going to say this. Eric Redbeard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eric. Um. I'm I'm generally surprised they decided to fuck it. Let's bring back Eric Rowan for a pay per view pre show match, but. Honestly, that little bit on Rampage when he did show up, it did elevate the elevate that match to me a little bit more because Eric's going to be able to do the stuff that he probably wasn't allowed to do in WWE, and him getting the giant spot of tossing every security guard was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and it also gives Penta and Pac an equalizer when you're looking at Brody King. True. True monster against monster. That would be interesting. And in a way, Pack and Buddy would neutralize each other, which would leave Malachi and Panta. So this would be a very fun freeway if given time. Yeah. Um, this would be... A, this would, If they give this match some time, this could be a very fun trios match. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, though. Despite that return and surprise return, 
I'm going House of Black because I doubt that they're going to give Malachi, Buddy, especially in this first match, and Brody a loss. Yeah, I, I'm in the same camp. I'm going to take the House of Black as well. Because yeah. they could be getting set. I think a win on Revolution could set them up for each of their members to potentially go after something here. Yeah, I think I've King, seen The Kings of the Black Throne, potentially AW Tag Team ch- title match. Buddy oh, Matthews, somewhere. potential TNT title. And I'm thinking a little later down the line, like in the summer, Malachi Black could be in the AEW World Championship picture. It's possible. I'm not, I'm not, not saying it's not happening. It's possible. I mean, still early days in AEW this year. And if it can happen. Um, but that's the buy-in sorted. So that's three matches dealt with. Now we get to the main nine. And... How are we going to break this one up? Should we start with the match we don't really... Start with the match with the least importance, which would be Jericho Kingston, right? Yes, it would be. Yeah. Honestly, I don't... I, I get why Jericho is meant to be the heel here. I get it. But... What Santana Ortiz did Wednesday annoyed me a bit. Why fist bump Jericho when you're on the ice with him? Why did the fist bump? So, I'm tentative to go with Kingston, but I would not be surprised if Jericho found a way to get Santana Ortiz back in the back in his, you know, in his fold. I would be annoyed if they did that as well. I am picking Eddie to win here because of LAX. Oh, you think they're completely betraying Jericho? Betraying Chris Jericho and leaving the inner circle. Yeah. Honestly, I think Inkson's going to flat out win and maybe. If he doesn't win, it's going to be Santana Ortiz are going to screw it up, which I don't want that to be the case. I love Santana and I love Ortiz and they should not be in, involved in this at this point, but they are and that's awkward. Um, okay. So our next match. It's one of the match. It's actually the match you are very looking forward to. No, we, we probably got one more before we start to get into the real juicy matches. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which one's that? It is the Andrade Hardy family office consisting oh, yeah. of Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Darby Allen, Stay! and the TNT champion, Sammy Guevara, in a six-man tornado tag match. I'm not gonna lie, this match completely completely slipped my mind. And I looked at the card before we did this. Um that just shows you how much I cared. Um I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Sammy Darby Sting. I don't see Andrade Mad Hardy, especially with the way he's been acting, and Isaiah Cassidy winning a six man. 
because Cassidy usually teams with Quinn and with Matt doing his whatever the fuck he's doing. I feel like Matt Hardy's going to cost the team here. And I am in agreement. I'm picking Sting, Darby, and Sammy to win, and because of Matt Hardy costing his team the match, and I think that is going to signal a hostile takeover by Andrade, kicking See, Matt Hardy out of the out of the family office, and that's going to be not not on Revolution tonight, but it's ultimately going to. Happen to escalate to where night. escalate to where Jeff Hardy's gonna rescue his brother Matt. So you thinking it's not gonna happen until a month from now? I'm just gonna say this right now. If that was the case and they're holding it off if they're holding off the Matt getting kicked out of his own faction, why the fuck is this on the pay-per-view card and the main card then? This should be buy-in. I think Me. they're gonna I think they're pulling the turn now. I think Matt costs the team the win. Andrade gets pissed, takes Matt out of the group. And then instead of him, you know, waiting to get beaten up and then Jeff making the save, I think we get vignettes. And then when Matt makes his return, like a month or two, a month and a half later, that's when you bring in Jeff as well. Yeah, very true. Otherwise, why do it on the pay-per-view? That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah, um, I hear you. So now we get to the matches that are really juicy. Craig, go, because I know this is the match you're most looking forward to. Oh, boy. This next match. This was the match we were supposed to get at full gear back in November. But real-life events kind of nixed it. But now we get to have this match. John Moxley, the purveyor of violence, will go one-on-one with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Uh, I, I have nothing else. I've got nothing to say except, holy shit, this is actually going to happen. Um, Craig, you can go first. Who do you think's one of them? John Moxley, earlier this month, in one of his promos, he said, when, when he was asked to potentially join force with Brian Danielson, he said, I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no either. I don't walk with side-by-side side with anyone until I bleed with them first. Okay. I am thinking... Danielson wins this match. And I think this is where John Moxley turns heel by joining forces with the American Dragon. Okay, we are in agreement because I literally thought about that last night. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I'm not joking. Like, I legit was thinking, hold on. Because not only was I thinking of who was going to win, I looked at the betting odds, and Danielson was a favorite. Not Moxley. Danielson. I'm like, why is that the case? (laughs) And the reason why is because 
we love Moxley as a, as a, as a lone wolf, but the, the, the possibility of him and Danielson working together, doing what Danielson wants to do, is so much more intriguing. Yeah, and not just that. It's so you kind of want Danielson to win this. And not just that. We could very well be looking at AEW's version of the two-man power trip. Yeah, and which gets good fucking luck, whoever holds the titles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this time, I have a feeling this could tie into a potential story that we could very well see down the road with one of our next matches on this card, and we'll get to it later. Okay. So, did we? is this where we start getting into our stipulation matches and stuff? Yes. Okay. Let's go with the second to last one. We'll, we'll save the big one for the last one of our regular matches with stipulations. Okay. Let's get into our face of the revolution ladder match. We have Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Christian Cage. The winner of this match will earn an opportunity at the AEW TNT championship match. Yeah, the winner of the ladder match gets a shot at the the TNT title of future Diet. I have to point out, in case anyone's wondering if if there's going to be a wild card or not, Tony Khan brought this up last night on Twitter after Rampage. He was going to give the seventh spot, the wild card entrant, he was going to give that to Scorpio Sky because he won it last year. But after meeting with Dan Lambert, he changed his mind and decided to give Scorpio his shot on Wednesday. That's why Scorpio's getting the title shot. But Tony's a smart man, and the other side of that agreement was Paige Van Zandt signing the contract, right? Basically, until Paige Van Zandt shows up and signs on the contract, that match isn't happening yet. So, because of that, we have six, as usual. We don't have a wild card. And the more I'm thinking, Sammy Guevara is the champion. So, it ain't going to be a baby face. So, you can roll out. I hate that I have to say this, but roll out Keith Lee. Roll out Christian. Roll out Cassidy. Roll out... And in a way, roll like Stark, roll like Starks, and roll like Hobbs. I think this is between Wardlow and who did I leave out? Dude, you just left it to one man. Yeah, in my opinion, there's only one choice here. It's Wardlow, isn't it? (laughs) It's Wardlow. Because remember what happened this past Wednesday night. Yeah, the the fucking foreshadow that Wardlow's winning that, and it makes sense because I mean, his employer doesn't think he can win the thing. He's winning the damn thing, and then he's going to win the title the way this it's off MJF. 
Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, Wardlow's winning this. As much as people want Keith Lee, and trust me, I'm one of the ones that really does want Keith Lee to win. I'm being realistic here. Keith Lee's a future, you know, Keith Lee for the future, but for them now, particularly with the story that they've got, it's Wardlow. It's Wardlow. It's Wardlow. And and you know what? Him winning the ladder match and eventually the TNT Championship is going to be the catalyst so that facil- facilitates Wardlow's face turn here. Because you know MJF's not going to take the fact that is essentially the guy he that you know works under him is a champion, and he's not. Exactly. He's going to make him forced to drop the belt, or you know, San Sean Spears tried to screw him over. He's going to try and pull something here, but with Wardlow, good luck. It's yeah. a, it's a straight up Batista term, but it's you know instead of us waiting for Wardlow to get his hands on MJF, it's going to be MJF's going to snap and he's going to do something stupid, um, mm-hmm. which is actually his character when you think about it. And um, so, Craig, are you in agree with me, Wardlow? Oh yeah, okay. going it really coming out of Wednesday night, I had a feeling there was only one guy. Who was going to win this ladder match? It was going to be fucking Wardlow. Yeah, and I'll be honest. Like, since the new year, I've been saying Wardlow's probably winning the ladder match. And then Keith Lee debuted and got in. I was like, between Wardlow and Keith Lee for me. And pretty much I'm right. Because it's, it is between the two of them. When you think about it. Because fat, a lot of fans would want Keith Lee to win, but if you're looking at it for the story, it's Wardlow. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah. Um, but now we can move on to our dog collar match. I'll be honest, I did not expect this match to be a dog collar match. I'm actually scared out of this. Um... Yeah, when I when I heard the stipulation that this was gonna be a dog collar match, I was like, "Oh boy, dude!" They're resting this, saw this, this was, match saw after almost eighteen months. Out, I freaked out. Yeah, same here. I was like, "Are you shitting me? A fucking dog collar match?" And it makes sense because Piper in Portland, um. But, but, and yeah, in case anyone's wondering, it's the dog collar match. It's CM Punk versus MJF. This has been going on for four months, five months at this point. And I'm going to be honest, I'm glad they're doing the dog collar match now because this feels like it's about to end. And I'm going, I'm going to go Punk because MJF has already got the win. So give Punk the pay-per-view win, and then MJF can move on to feuding with Wardlow or whatever the hell he's going to do next. You know what I mean? And and not just that. What You also have to take into account the brutalization of CM Punk that MJF did this past Wednesday night. Yeah, that pretty much guaranteed Punk's win. MJF just fucking brutalized him. MJF, Sean Spears did as well. <laughs> yeah. Don Spears hung the man, for God's sake. I mean, he's getting fucked over. Um, 
but yeah, I'm in the same camp. I'm picking CM Punk to win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not stupid. When you do stuff like that, it's like you're foretelling your your own destruction. Um. Um. And yeah, there was that point where people were thinking, "Oh, um, oh, is MJF meant to be the good guy now because of the promo he cut?" As soon as I heard that shit, I was like, "Bruh, you're not fooling me." You did yeah. this before. You're not fooling me twice. Because he did that shit with Cody. And I was like, bro, I've seen this before. You're not fooling me. That's <laughs> yeah. why when we watched the turn happen where Punk got bloodied up, we pretty much were like, and there's the dead kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we were pretty much expecting this. Um... So that leaves that out, which leaves us with our title matches, correct? Yep. And we'll go from the least important to the most important <laughs> title matches on the card. Okay. And yep. we will start with the undefeated Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship against Ty Conti. I'm just going to say this. I hate the fact that you immediately said least important title first and then brought up Gia Cargill in the TBS title. But that's how it is in terms of how they built this pay-per-view. Um, I'm just going to say it. Ty's going to give Gia the run for her money, but uh, it's it it's Jade. It's it's Jade. Yeah, I I am in the same camp as you. He's going to think... give her a run for her money like Anna Jay did. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Yeah, I know Revolution is with a bit is a pretty big one, but I don't see Jade losing her TBS championship until Sunday, May 29th at Double or Nothing okay. in Las Vegas. Uh, okay, then. You might be going to that, but you're not, not sure yet. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm potentially thinking about going there. Yeah, like I said, but Las Vegas. Sure, um, I'm not 100 committed as of yet. Yeah. Um. Okay. TBS title dealt with. Next one will be the a dub. Um. Should we do women's title next? Let's go tag titles. Mm, I kind of want to leave that to the after. I want to do women's title before tag titles. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so the AW Women's World Championship, we have the champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Rebel and most likely Jamie Hayter at ringside. The challenger, Thunder Rosa, most likely if Hater and sorry if um if Hater and Rebel are going to be at ringside, Mercedes Martinez is going to be there to back Rosa. I'm just going to say this: people think Rosa's injured. She ain't. Rosa's winning the title. Don't think for a second that she's not winning. She's winning it. Yeah. AEW wants wants the fans to think that Rosa is legit injured. No, no, that's the I'm opposite. not buying it's it. The opposite. People think that Rosa's hurt because she had her leg bandaged on Wednesday. AEW or Adam basically telling everyone she's not hurt. The match is going as planned. Which tells me, oh yeah, match is going as planned, which means Rosa's not losing. 
And yeah. the fact that they're telling everyone she's not injured, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I That's I foregone conclusion. And I think I have said this for months. We that both if there was to. any woman on the women's roster who was going to take the AW Women's Championship off of Britt Baker, it was going to be Thunder Rosa. Like, like I've been, like I'm saying, I think we both have agreed to that for months. And I will say this right here, right now. If Brett Summer retains, I'm just going to say this. Who the fuck's going to beat her? Sashimoff Martina? And you've heard what I said. If Brett does retain this Sunday, who the fuck is going to take that belt off of her? That that's what I mean. It's gonna to have to be someone who debuts after Revolution at this point, or someone not signed with the company. It's gonna be like a fuck. Who the fuck is? Who the fuck's left? Sash Mark Martina. Who? Let's be honest. She's not gonna be. She's wrestles in Europe. You know, someone from Impact Wrestling. Last time I checked, they're not working with Impact with AEW at the moment. No, they're not. You know. Who else? Someone from ROH. Last time I checked, that ROH women's division is cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There's no one left. Uh, which is why I'm like, Rosa wins. And we move on to potentially, and I would say this, Layla Hirsch from the Rosa for, for first defense. Yeah, potentially. And then maybe after she, uh, Serena and Sheeta is done, Serena? Serena Deeb would be another great defense. But I, I also... Continuity because it was... Remember, uh, Rosa's, Rosa lost the NWA women's title to Serena. Serena Deeb, yep. So... Had the little continuity there. Little but... Bit. But I also ultimately think Britt Baker is going to get her rematch at Double or Nothing. And I think that is where we're going to get an extreme stipulation for that match. Okay. I'm talking potentially either a last woman standing match or just the second I quit match in AEW history. (laughs) Uh, and let's be honest, Britt Baker, she likes to say she's tough and stuff, but let's be honest, she will quit quicker than anyone. <laughs> well, the, the, the Lights Out match last year with well, yeah, she Baker and Rosa. She is, but as, as a character, she likes to very, very quickly run away from stuff. Yeah. Um, and we know the just the toughness, toughness level of Melissa Cervantes, better known as yeah. Thunder Rosa. She is one tough bitch. I mean, we watched her in Lucha Underground. I mean, we kind of know. That's all we got to say about it. Um, so what do you say we get into our last two matches on this card? Okay. And AEW this is the World Tag Team title match. We have the champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express. We have the challenging teams, number one, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Red Dragon, and team number two, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, 
and you you know as well as I do. This is the this is probably the toughest one to call. It really, really is. That match is going to be amazing, though. Um, oh, all three of these teams together, they're going to create some magic on Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to bite the bullet. I think Red Dragon are winning. I think Red Dragon are winning the tie titles. Yeah, I, I can honestly see where you're going because I don't think Red Dragon have lost a match since they reunited. They, have, they, haven't, they haven't lost a match since being in AEW. And the Young Bucks, they're the former champions, and I highly doubt they're going to win the belts back. Get what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I'm going a bit of a different route here. Okay. I'm taking Jurassic Express to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships tomorrow. Okay, it's, it's, it's nice that we can differ. I feel the discourse between Red Dragon and the Bucks is going to be the one thing that allows Jurassic Express to capitalize on a potential mistake by either of those teams. And that's going to be able to allow them to retain the titles. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. That's the typical two heel teams against the face team dynamic in the triple threat. Yeah. Baby face champions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Like I said, that's the typical dynamic in the triple threat that tends to happen. I think Red Dragon probably going to be my favorites to win because I do think that's going to happen, but I feel like Jungle Boy's going to try that with Kyle O'Reilly, and O'Reilly's going to get her that snare trap before it gets locked in and get him in a heel look. I think O'Reilly's getting the, getting the submission here. Wow. Uh, that's just how I feel because Kyle O'Reilly's a different animal. Um, that leaves us with our main event, and ironically, the match we called three month, three four months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AW World Heavyweight Championship. We have the champion Hangman Adam Page. We have the challenger Adam Cole, baby. In the battle for the Adams and the battle for the world title, what can be any more perfect? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. JR hates it. I don't care. I don't care if you hate it because they both have the same name. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and also, think about this. For the second time in his title raid, Hangman Adam Page can be the first man hang a loss on someone's unbeaten record in singles competition. True, because he got the win over Danielson. And Adam Cole's yet to lose a singles match. Technically officially. on record. Technically on record. On record. That, that lights eight match does not count. Yep, the lights out match against Orange Cassidy a few weeks ago, it doesn't count against the re- his record. 
So like I said, this could be the second unbeaten record that Hangman Adam Page can hang a loss on. Yeah. And to be very honest, if he if he's able to do that, that brings a lot of credibility and that could potentially give Hangman Page the moniker of the streak breaker. Eh. Yeah, it would. it would. Would breaking two streaks would do that. Um, so, you think it Hangman's retaining, right? Yes. Okay. I think you, I think you know I wondered why I went Red Dragon for the tag titles, right? You think Adam Cole's walking out as the AW World Champion I think the Undisputed Originals... Well, they did call them the Undisputed Originals on YouTube. I don't know what the fuck they're actually going to be called in AEW. But I think all three of them are walking out with titles. I I don't think that's happening just yet. I get it. I know it's a risk. Particularly because... Adam Cole's Adam Cole, and if anyone knows like I do, Adam Cole can burn you when you when he's and is most confident. And I just think Cole can beat Page. Cole's beaten Page before. Page has beaten Cole before. This is the rubber match. It's kind of all even, but who's got the more big match experience? Who's got the more experience in world title matches, and who's probably got the better cardio? It's I've been cool. I've been cool. And I'm not gonna lie, if the visual of Red Dragon and Cole at the end of the pay per view with all the gold is not something to get excited about, I don't know what is. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, but this is going to be Hangman Adam Page's first defense on pay per view yeah. as the AEW World Champion. Yeah, I get that. I get that, and that's why that's why I know it's a risk because AEW tend to have the World Champions have a lengthy run. But I think with Hangman because he's you know the millennial like the complex millennial cowboy, and he does take a lot of his losses seriously. I think him being the first world champion to lose his world title defense on pay-per-view, that would hit him hard, but it would it would fit with the Hangman character because I think I've now realized Hangman's better chasing the title than probably being the champion, and that's just how I feel at the moment. And that might be saying it too soon. I know that. But for now, that's how my head is. I understand it. But after what I saw on Wednesday, with what Adam Cole was doing to his friends in the Dark Order, and to him specifically, that solidified it in my mind that Hangman Adam Page is retaining the AW World Championship this Sunday night. Okay. So at least we differ on two matches. <laughs> and I, I honestly think it's a little... I, I think it's fun that we can differ on a couple of matches while... Yeah. While understanding why. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's not like I'm saying, oh, F you or anything like that. No, no, no. I understand why you went that way. And it's the same thing here. So, feelings mutual. Um, I honestly, yeah, I'm still at, I'm still at, I'm still at a 10. Jesus, I just can't wait for this pay-per-view. Um, yeah, my dad a nine. Yeah. And I don't know if, uh, if I'm going to be doing, I don't know because next one's going to be double or nothing. You might be at Vegas. Potentially, yeah. Not. I don't know if I'm gonna be. I'm not. I don't even know if I'm gonna be watching, really. And that's the thing because, like I told you, Craig, about what's gonna happen a week from now. A certain outcome better not fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that in, on this podcast because that's no right to be here uh, at all. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at like the the bleakest fucking timeline. Better not fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's actually something I have to say. So why why the fuck is everyone? Why the hell is everyone saying Cody is not going to WWE now? Because apparently the talks between him and Vince have fizzled out. <laughs> apparently. Uh, that That's cute because apparently the way the creative is, they still have Cody penciled in for... They still have Cody penciled in for WrestleMania. So unless someone's saying something that they don't know about, <laughs> that, that's apparently still on the fucking guard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, in which case, good fucking luck. We're not watching that yet. We don't want to. Yeah. I mean, dude, you have your best baby face on SmackDown facing Corbin, for fuck's sake. On night one. Um, but, but yeah, that enough of that bullshit. I'm, I'm ready to end this. Alright, um, if Craig's not going to say anything else, then, well, I hope you enjoyed this preview and predictions for 40 minutes, and on my little rant for like the last two and a half minutes. Until then, see you next time when we decide to do this, if we are going to do this again. But, until then, see you guys, and hope you have a good weekend. <laughs>